0: Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We got to get into uh, some betting stuff with Joe Wiz coming up in an hour as well. But uh, right now, let's get back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. We'll go out to uh, Mike is in Brooklyn. Mike, next up on the Gordon Damer Hey, how you doing? Hey, Mike. What's going on, pal?
1: Man, I, I, everybody's arguing about these new rules. The new rules are great. I mean, They're speeding yeah, up the game. Yes. you know because you know what pitchers and batters they played too many games as a fan yo heat and hit you know hurry it up absolutely the um uh, the uh let's go back with the shift the shift was dirty <laughs> anybody that knows baseball thought like oh damn the shift ain't gonna be no hit going on so I'm glad they got rid of it and the pitch clock let's keep it going let's keep it going because Baseball is going in so many different directions. They got to make the game exciting because back in the days it was you could watch it on your local TV. Now we bought a sports channel. Now we got to go to Amazon and everywhere else to see these games. Now it's getting real.
0: Yeah, well, look, Mike, I think it's about p- appealing to, uh, to kids as well, right? Like, you know, baseball is not designed to have, you know, fast action as, as football is or as basketball is, even hockey has. So they have to they, they kind of have to tailor this for a, for a modern age. And, and here's the thing, for, for baseball players who don't like it or for, uh, you know, long-time baseball fans who it feels, it feels weird or different or whatnot, they don't, they don't really care about you. <laughs> I you mean, know, it's, it's I mean they care about you to an extent, but they, they're, they're about expanding the, the reach of the game, and mm-hmm. it, it was not going to be expanded with three-and-a-half, four-hour games that are ending, especially in the playoffs, at, at midnight and one in the morning. Exactly. It's like a hard reset. I love it. Yeah. No, I mean, look, Mike, and thanks for the phone call. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's, it's been uh, sensational. I don't see how uh, – it does just kind of feel like – you know, like I, I remember when they, they, they first brought out Easy Pass, you know, for cars, at like tunnels or bridges or whatnot. You have to pay your toll. And, you had to, and the first day they did – I remember I was living on Long Island at the time, and it was it, uh, the Midtown Tunnel because nobody knew, you know, what was going on. It was a complete disaster. Like everybody was in the wrong lane and everything else. But, you know, in, in a short period of time, everybody realized, oh, yeah, wait a second, this is, this is a massive improvement. So much so that, you know, I think everybody kind of has to have it now, don't you? If you don't, I, I don't I'm, I'm not sure. But, like, if you don't have it, like, you really have to wonder, like, what is wrong? What are you doing in your life that you don't want to wait online for something? So, uh, no, it's the same thing. It's, it's fantastic, and some people just want to complain. And, and look, if, the, if it does turn out over time more than one day or two that games are, are taking, uh, you know, are going by too fast – you know, especially come playoff time, then what well, you can adjust it for whatever you want. But for now, I think you just leave it alone. It is it's, it's doing exactly what it was supposed to do. It is not cut down on the action at all. Uh, games, are, you know, still plenty of action in the games, and it's just kind of getting back to what baseball was supposed to be. It's not supposed to be guys standing on the mound and, and waiting 30 seconds between every single pitch. It gives it a pace. It gives it an energy. And uh, to me, it's been absolutely sensational. And, and, and really, you kind of have to judge it based on, you know, think about all the other stupid things that Major League Baseball has done in the past in terms of rule ghost runners and, and uh, you know, all the likes of that where, you know, oh, you can only go to the mound this many times or, or making bigger bases so that it, it leads to stolen bases. Like all those things to me are kind of goofy and dopey. This one, to me, makes all the sense, and it has immediately made an impact. So I think it's been fantastic. And just to get back to the caller's point there before the break about, well, you know, concession stands, they're going to be ticked off. More and more, the decisions that are made in all these sports, it's about the television product because that's where the, the true money is made. So... I mean, take a look at the flex scheduling, right? They don't care about the people really that are going to the game. They'll change the game and, and flex it to this day or that day, or they'll, they'll do whatever that they need to do uh, to put the game in a slot that works for television. So, to me, this just as, as someone who primarily takes in baseball on TV, th- those are the those are the ones that you want to reach. And then, if you know, look, you hope that it translates into people going to games and that type of stuff, but um I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to adjust i'm sure baseball football all these leagues they're not in the habit of losing money so if they have to adjust in a way where they still take in the same amount of money um at the games they, they'll, they'll figure it out don't worry about it. this one this is something that needed to take place all right let's go back to the phones we've we'll got to uh, ted is in the truck ted next up on the gordon damer show
1: uh, hey um you know, I was, I was going to call and talk about the Knicks, but then you guys started talking about the rule changes. And yeah. i got to say, I, I really like the pace of play, and, and that's all well and good. And I like that games are getting over quicker. I can give, you know, a bleep less over what the concessions are making. You know, right, I, exactly. I like the viewing aspect of it. But what I don't like is the literalness of it. You, okay, I, I get it. In the box is one thing. But that play with Alonzo the other day—that was ridiculous. Yeah, but that's I mean, the outlier. On, let right, the that's silly. Of course. Say, right. You know, that's come silly. on, Let's not. Let, yeah, exactly. Let's not make it silly. I get that they're trying to set the tone and telling guys, you know what, hustle up. I, 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 I get it. But at the same time, let's not let's not end a World Series game or or or, or, no, or have won't. something crucial like that happen because that will make the sport into a mockery. And I just think that they're trying to change baseball for people who don't really love baseball. And me, coming from someone who really loves baseball, I never needed these changes. But at the same time, I do like the pace. It, it, it always was ridiculous. We had to watch guys, you know, buckle their batting gloves and, and, and move their crotch. You know, I mean, come on. Let's get get in the box and
0: play. Right. Exactly. You know. Yeah, I, I, look, and Ted, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that that's the the, the main thing. They're going to have kind of a, a zero tolerance policy early on. So the thing that happened with Alonzo the other day that was dumb, but I don't think that that's going. You know, you can't judge a rule on the uh, on the outliers of the rule, right? Like, I don't think that that's going to be commonplace where they're going to start calling balls and strut, You know, based on well, something yeah, that no, is away from I, the play. I, I
1: don't like the I don't like the the fact that you can get a strike on you uh, as a batter because of a base runner or like, or, I, I don't like that. They, they sh- they should find a different way to enforce that. I, I get it. It does hurt. So you're going to, you know, you are going to hustle up, but you know, I, the last thing I want to do is be a Yankee fan and see a guy not get in the box fast enough and, and change his whole at bat in a crucial situation where, I mean, hitting's hard enough. Okay. You don't need to be going in there with uh, two strikes on you or one strike on you. You know, it's, it's it, you know, I don't Yeah, know. no,
0: I, look, I Ted, I completely it, 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 get the point, and I think that they're, and thanks for the phone call, I think that they're going out of their way to do these things early on to kind of set the tone because baseball players in general don't like change. The umpires uh, have made it clear that they are, you know, not ones to institute change, really. They're, they're kind of stuck in their ways as well. Baseball, for whatever reason, everybody associated with it, fans included, are kind of stuck in their ways. They don't like change. So this is the biggest change that they've made in a very long time. So they're going to follow letter of the law the first week or so, and then things will fall into place. And if that type of play were to happen, I would say uh, a month from now or midseason, maybe they won't be so strict on it. But the overall part of the rules. And you do have to have a punishment, right? So you you hear players talking about, well, I'm going to try to – You know, Whatever rule is put in place, teams always try to find their way around the rules to find whatever advantage. So you do have to have a punishment there. I know what you're saying. I don't like it being instituted in that way either, but I don't think that that's going to be something that that comes about here uh, over the long haul. Uh, Let's go to Lewis is in the car. Lewis, next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
2: Hey, Gordon, what's going on? Um, I heard that well, the reason why I called, I heard that first guy talk about the concessions going to lose money. How are they going to lose money when they charge them $50 for a beer? Like, that's,
0: that's <laughs> right, right. right. they'll just increase the prices. Money. Exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. They'll they, figure they, it out. They'll lose money because still, people do their things according
2: to the innings. So the innings are still there. The other thing I wanted to say was is that I'm, I'm an original bleacher creature from the old Yankee stadium, the, the one that Babe Ruth built. And be, even in the crowd watching the game, It's times where I just get distracted because it's it's so slow. It's slow, man. And this pace is better for, like the guy in the last quarter said, why do I got to watch a guy adjusting his gloves every time somebody throws a pitch at him? Every time he throws a pick, you got to get the boxing justice glove. That is ridiculous, man. That is truly ridiculous, Gordon. I'm glad they changed it, and they, it needed a change, man. That's all I wanted to say.
0: Look, it's been coming for a while. They talked about it last year in the minor leagues, and it seemed like it was an absolute home run. It has been an absolute home run, so I get it. Some players aren't going to like, you know, they have, you know, they're, they're, they're the delicate geniuses, right? They, they have a, they have a, a system put in place where this is what they've done. There, especially a guy like Max Scherzer, has done the same things. I'm sure. Uh, his entire career, so he doesn't want it. He doesn't want a, a change being forced on him. But when it at the end of the day, it's not about Max Scherzer. It's about the sport itself, and nobody can tell me that it's not an overall home run of a rule change. Where if you're watching the game, the game feels like it's got pace now. It feels like it has energy now. Uh, and it'll be the type of thing I'm sure that you know. Once you get a couple of weeks into it, guys will be used to it. They will adjust. People, people can adjust to things much quicker than you think. So I'm sure that they will adjust to things here before too long, uh, and it will become second nature. But the idea that you know, well, you don't really need a, a clock. Yes, you do. You, you need to have rules in place to punish the actions; otherwise, it'll just go back to the way it was. They did that. I'm sure it's probably 10 years ago now. There was like one year where they were going to start calling more balks, and and the first two weeks of the year they were calling all the stupid balks. Uh, they they tried this in the past. It was probably even longer ago than that, 15 years ago, where they said, "Oh no, we're going to really for- we're really going to enforce this," and it's almost like a a, a new eating plan or a new diet yeah for the first two or a new new year's resolution for the first two weeks great and then after that it goes back to the way it was so you need to have rules in place it's worked perfectly you don't need to tweak it you don't need to change it it's an absolute home run 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number 1-800-919-3776 so coming up we'll continue to take your phone calls I'm still waiting the old I mean this is how you can tell the complaints are ridiculous the complaint is that people aren't going to be able to get enough food. at the. They're going to miss too much of the game because they want to get food at the game. I mean, if that's the road you're going, it shows you just how ridiculous you're being. Maybe maybe you just give it a little bit of a chance, and I'm sure you'll be able to figure out a a way around it. But coming up, we will get into some football stuff. Uh, Not only Aaron Rodgers, mentioned it once this hour, as legally required to do, but could the most successful coach in really any sport right now be on the hot seat. We'll get into that next. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, some football talk because uh, it's football, and uh, who doesn't love a little football talk all year round? Getting closer to the draft, which means hopefully we're getting closer to a conclusion on the whole Aaron Rodgers situation with the Jets, which – it's clear what the situation is going to be. We we know what the end game is. It's just a question of, of filling in the numbers along the way of is it second round pick, it's a third round pick, it's a future pick that can do this, a conditional pick whatever it is, as we've been saying, everybody's been saying for weeks, this is going to get done. Not even the New York Jets can blow this. But when you're speaking about Rodgers, I do have to say the one thing you have to kind of admire and, and what his appearance on that McAfee show has done is, is he has been able to kind of control the narrative in a way that I don't think that most people even notice. And it's been put on that it's generally accepted, well, the only reason why the trade has not taken place is the Packers are asking for too much. Like, I was on the gym uh, treadmill the other day, and I'm watching NFL Live, and they're talking about Aaron Rodgers, again, as you're legally required to do. Uh, and, and the little blurb at the bottom says, the holdup is past Packers' asking price which is really just, an inter- you know, you can interpret that however you want, but the holdup is it's a negotiation. So both sides have demands. You could easily argue it the other way. You could easily say it's, it's the Jets not willing to pay the price. I mean, the Packers have already said, you know, think about when we first started getting into this. It originally was going to be, oh, well, if you want Aaron Rodgers, there's going to be uh, two first-round picks. And then it very quickly became, well, no, it's only going to be one first-round pick. And then as the teams dropped by the wayside with each one saying, no, we're not interested, no, we're not interested, it was pretty clear that the Packers are not going to get a first-round pick so much so the Packers have come out and said they don't need to, to get a first-round pick. So I would say that the, the, the – Real focus should be on the Jets at this point because they're the ones who have identified Rodgers. Like the, 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 the Packers don't really have any options, right? Nobody is willing to trade for Rodgers outside of the Jets. The Jets did have options, but they identified Rodgers as their number one by far option at quarterback. They have crafted their entire offseason plan to land Aaron Rodgers, hired the coach that he likes, signed the player that he likes. They met with him. They view him as giving them the highest ceiling of any of the guys that are out there. And there were some good guys out there. This off- I mean, there was a lot of guys that you could have traded for that would have given you a legitimate chance to win. But they look at him as giving them the highest ceiling at the most important position in all of sports. And I would say, like, if there's a holdup, wait a second, you're not willing to give up a second round pick for that? I mean, this is a move that makes the Jets, puts the Jets on the map as a Super Bowl contender. Whether or not you believe it's Super Bowl or bust, it puts them on the map as a Super Bowl contender, and that's not w- that's not worth a second round pick. So I think that Rodgers has done a good job of of focusing the conversation as well. You know, the Packers just don't want to they, they don't want to accept a re- reasonable offer when really it, maybe it's the Jets that are that are driving the hard bargain right now. You know, he's a guy who's going to be forty this year. You're taking on a horrendous contract along with him. Um you're not doing all this to go to the AFC Championship game. So if you're if you're if there's a move out there to be made for a quarterback and it's clear this is the only guy you're looking at. The, your GM even said that. We're not going to go down the road of of Lamar Jackson who would give us a, a a bigger window of opportunity rather than just the one year that you might get with Rodgers. Um you, you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, isn't that worth one of the second round picks that you have and let's get this done before the draft? Because if it's not going to get done before the draft and you're the Packers, what, what possible motivation could you have? Like if I'm, if I'm only going to get a bad deal in the, in the entire process, well, I mean, I don't have a deadline. I hit the deadline of week one. At that point, if you get past the draft, I think there's more and more pressure on the Jets to make sure this gets done because the timing of it is important to them. The, the Packers are not – there's no decision that the Packers are holding up based on the Aaron Rodgers. They've got their quarterback. They've made their moves this off season. The Jets want to get him in sooner rather than later. So if it's the Packers and you're going to be forced to take a bad deal at some point, a deal that you really don't want to make, well, then I would say make it later rather than earlier. The only, if you're staring at only bad options, the best option is to delay. And there's a very good chance if you're going to take a bad deal, you can take it at any point. 1-800-919 ESPN is the telephone number 1-800-919-3776. So, that's the one thing that I noticed about the football. The other one, very interesting what's going on in New England. And I really I don't think it has got uh, nearly the attention on our station because it's, you know, it's the Patriots, not the Jets, it's not Aaron Rodgers. But last week we got the whole thing about uh, Lamar Jackson and and could the Patriots be interested in him uh, Meek Mill, is it Meek Mill? The the rapper had had, had contacted uh, Robert Kraft and said, you know, you should be looking at, at Lamar. Uh, and then this past week, you had comments from Asante Samuel say, oh, Lamar, you don't, you don't want to play for, for Bill Belichick. The whispers about Bill Belichick's future are clearly growing in New England. And it's not just like former players, or it's not just media cooking this up. It came from the owner. Robert Kraft was asked at the owners' meetings, the question was, uh, you had a losing record two of the last three years. If he, Belichick, were to post a losing record, could his job be in jeopardy? Now, owners, you know, when you get to that level or a, a high-level head coach, you know how to answer questions in a way that kind of deflects them. You know how a way to kind of to push them aside. Oh, it's a hypothetical. I'm not going to take time in hypotheticals. But obviously he has Don Shula's record, the, the record for most all-time wins, kind of hanging over him. I think it's, like, like, I think it's 19 away, so it's going to take two years, two good years to, to finally catch it. And think about that. Think about all the winning that Belichick has done for 20 years, and he's still 20. I mean, that's a significant amount of wins away. But Robert Kraft said, quote, look, I'd like him to break Don Shula's record, but I'm not looking for any of our players to get great stats. We're about winning and doing whatever we can to win. And that's what our focus is now. And I, it's very important to me, we make the playoffs. And that's what I hope happens next year. That's kind of putting Bill Belichick on notice that you have to win this year or else. And again, he could have answered that question in a variety of ways. And he decided to put it right. So it's very interesting to keep an eye on there. Bill Belichick, is he coaching for his job this year? And it's amazing. When we've had the Jets struggling and the Giants struggling here the last, you know, decades or so, everybody will say, "Oh, you know, you can't change coaches every six, couple of years. You have to be patient." This is Bill Belichick of six Super Bowl titles, and, and there's not even patience for him. At some point, you have to win. It is a win now league, and you look at the odds this year. I think this is the. I think they're seventy to one or something like that this year, a Super Bowl wise. I'll take a look in the break. But I know it's the longest odds they've ever had in his tenure in New England. So it doesn't seem like they are going to pursue Lamar Jackson, but they absolutely should. If you were placing a bet, if you were placing a bet today and your bet had to, you had to make the playoffs this year, would signing Lamar and having, I mean, investing what you need to in Lamar as your quarterback, you would feel a whole lot better about making the playoffs and extending your run wherever you were with him at quarterback as opposed to whatever the Patriots are going to go with. I mean, Mac Mac Jones looked impressive the first year, not so much last year, and maybe he improves. But this past year, it was like a little legit question of whether or not they're going to go with him or Bailey Zappi. So um, if you want to be a contender in the AFC, it's pretty clear where you got to be. You have to be consistently scoring 30 points a game. You have to be able to compete against the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, if the Jets get Rodgers, the Chargers, the Jaguars, and, and that's, you know, Jets excluded. That's for the foreseeable future. I mean, each of those guys is 25, 26, 24. So the old Jerry Glanville line of the NFL stands for not for long. It, it, it applies for, for Bill Belichick as well. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. We'll go out to uh, Al is in uh, Holbrook. Al next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
2: Hey, how you doing, Gordon?
0: Hey, Al, what's going on, pal? Listen,
2: hey, 90% of the time, I agree with your take. Uh, just this one time, I, I do not. Uh, you mentioned earlier that um, you felt like if the draft comes and goes, then the pressure is on the Jets since the Packers have a quarterback already and they got things already in place, so the pressure is on the Jets. I disagree with that. I, I think that if the, if the draft comes and goes and no trade uh, happens, I think the pressure is on the Packers because they're not – I'm sure they're not willing to pay $80 million in, quarter, in the quarterback position. So if Rodgers is on the roster week one, then they owe Rodgers $60 million, and they're already paying Jordan Love uh, $20 million. So they have to get rid of him before then. So the pressure would be on the Packers because they can't keep this. They can't pay $80 million in the quarterback position.
0: No, they absolutely can't. Obviously, they have to move him off their books, but the good thing is they have someone – the, the, the only team that is interested in him has made it clear mm-hmm. that he is the only quarterback they are interested in. So I agree with you. The Packers have less options. The Jets have more options. If the Jets were to say, you know what, we don't want Aaron Rodgers. We can go and find another quarterback. There are other options. But the problem is they have not done that. I don't think they're going to do that. And once you get past the draft – the, the issue of time, the Packers have until week one of the season to get rid of him. So they have more time. Right. The Jets have less time to, to – I mean, you don't want to have it be the type of situation where you're bringing him in just at the start of training camp or in the middle of training camp. You want him to be, you know, in the fold. Even though he knows the offense and he knows the coach and all these type of things, you want him mm-hmm. fully on board before that. So I agree with you. The Packers have less options, but they have more time. And that's why I think the Packers, if it gets past this year's draft – the next deadline for them is week one, and they know that they're going to be talking about draft picks next season. So there's not really any right. pressure to put them, you know, on, on a time clock. I think I think it before the draft or no, no. during the draft
2: because it will it's it's it'll be, it'll be get very complicated after the draft for both teams.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, And Al, thanks for the phone call. I think generally I think that the Packers would probably like this done sooner rather than later. But I do think that there's probably a little, uh, you know, you hear, was it Mark Murphy, Mike Murphy, Murphy, whatever his name is, Um, talk about Aaron Rodgers. You can tell he's a little perturbed. So he's not going out of his way to to help Rodgers in any way. Um, But if they can come up with a deal that gives them some sort of assets back in this year's draft, I guess that would be preferable. I mean, there is, if they don't get anything back for Rodgers this year and the draft picks that they get are next year's picks and then they have to go through an entire season without you know, getting anything of value back for him, that has a real potential to kind of blow up in their face. But the long game is kind of in their favor if, if Love turns out to be the real deal at quarterback because they will then, you know, whatever draft picks they do get back for him, you would think will provide some value down the road. And... The Packers have generally been a pretty stable organization. They kind of know what they're doing, so you can kind of have some trust that they uh, will come out of this situation, maybe not immediately because of the player that they're giving up, but in the long run that they'll come out of this situation in pretty good shape. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls, take you up until 630 tonight. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. To start the season, Yankees an early uh, 1-0 lead on the uh, Giants as they play in the second inning. I think it's top of the second inning there. So we are at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Mohegan Sun Casino and got all the games going on right now, so certainly we'll keep an eye on that. Mets threatening right now in the top of the second with uh, Mark Connor at uh, second, and uh, nobody out in that inning, so uh, we'll see if the Mets can break through and the offense can break through early on. Uh, the one thing I did want to say about the Yankees, boy, they are making the uh, full uh, the full press everywhere you turn that they do expect that uh, Josh Donaldson is going to have a much better bounce-back year this year. I mean, it, uh, the managers on record as saying it, uh, they, they're continuing to, to put him fifth in the order and see if they can get something out of him. Uh, they have made uh, it clear that they're expecting you know, Donaldson somehow to have this bounce back year. And, and look, as most Yankee fans, I think that the, the list of people on the Yankee fans hit list in terms of being unhappy with aspects of the team, clearly Aaron Hicks is number one. Uh, we've seen Aaron Hicks long enough, and 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 dealt with the the problems there. That's number one. IKF was certainly a popular target, but that's going to be less now because Volpe's up and is going to be playing regularly, and IKF is going to be resigned to what he should have been, kind of a utility player, who uh, might be able to provide you some defense off the bench or a stolen base off the bench, and and you hope that Volpe uh, gets off and and gets off to a strong start here in his rookie year. And then number three would be Josh Donaldson, and, and Donaldson's the important one because if things go according to plan, you really shouldn't be expecting much out, out of Aaron Hicks. You really shouldn't be expecting anything out of IKF. But Josh Donaldson's a guy that you do, he's hitting fifth in the order. That's a guy that you expect a, a lot out of, and and I don't think that uh, it's it's unfair of Yankee fans to look at what he did last year and have major concerns at the age of 37 if this guy is now going to all of a sudden turn back the clock and not even be what he was in his heyday. Clearly, he's not going to be that, but be a productive player. He was not that last year. You know, for all the talk about his defense, he was a guy that put up an OPS of 94. He was a below-average hitter last year. So it's not hard to, if you want to tout his defense, you can find defense at third base for a whole lot less in terms of the contract that what you're paying Josh Donaldson. That, even being on the job as long as Brian Cashman has been, you'll go a long time trying to find a worse trade than the one that was made to bring in IKF and Josh Donaldson. That was a horrendous trade. They almost were forced to be on board with Donaldson because they weren't going to be able to get rid of him to anybody. Nobody was taking that contract. The day that the Twins got the call from the Yankees. They probably thought it was April Fool's because they probably thought nobody was going to take that contract off their hands. The Yankees did, and it's been a disaster ever since. So uh, as most Yankee fans, we, we hope to be wrong. We, we hope that Josh Donaldson does have a bounce-back year and, and provides power and provides you know some on-base percentage that he did not provide last year. But when you take a look at the, the regular old-time stats, they're bad. When you take a look at the, the more new-age stats of, of home run percentage or isolated power or all these different things uh, they're worse. So uh, maybe he does turn back the clock at the age of 30, 37 but the, the odds are certainly against it. Alright, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. we will got to uh, East uh, Mitch in East Windsor. Mitch next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
2: What's happening, Gordon? Mitch! Um, how you doing, Gordon?
0: I'm good, man. What's going on, pal? Oh,
2: it's good. Um, yeah, with the, the Knicks have had a good year, of course. I like, don't like the Clippers, the injuries that has, has caught up with them. I mean, without Julius Randle, I feel like they could make some noise. And the Clippers are always uh, seem to be hurt now. And that was uh, Paul George out for at least the rest of the year. Yeah, and they you always say, uh, You know, with Lamar Jackson and Rogers, the, the teams now, they're, they're, they don't have much leverage. They're, their back's against the walls. It's getting ridiculous, especially with the money. Um, what do you think is gonna happen with Lamar and and and? and? Right.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really seem like he's got a real uh, a real place to go. See, uh, I think that uh, he's making a mistake by not having an agent and having that voice in the room, uh, because right now he, he's no place. Um, uh, the the Ravens have kind of put it on him to to go out and find this deal, and it's clear that the Ravens knew that that deal was not going to exist for whatever reason. Now, I think it's mostly because of the guaranteed money. And he wants he wants a contract that is in line with what Deshaun Watson got, and based on his play, he deserves that. But that deal. Uh, is nowhere to be found, and it was, it was uh, stunning that when he, you know, when they, they announced they put the non-franchise tag on him, the amount of teams that were immediately coming out and saying, no, we're not interested, no, we're not interested, no, we're not interested.
2: What was Cleveland thinking? I mean, that that is,
3: it didn't commission, didn't I raise a couple of eyebrows with the commissioner?
2: Anyway, uh, thanks for taking my call.
0: All right, Mitch. 1 800 919 ESPN is the telephone number, 1 800 919 3776. It's clear that the, the owners do not want that guaranteed money to become a, uh, a, a part of the process, right? Especially for all the teams that have quarterbacks that are still going to need to get paid. It's already expensive enough. The last thing they want to go down the road of is guaranteed contracts, and it's going to take an owner. Who's kind of willing to rock the boat a little bit? That would be willing to do that. So that one never really made sense for the Jets. Never mind the way they approached it. Woody Johnson was never going to be that guy that was going to rock the boat. He can come out and say he's going to spend money on a quarterback or you know go out and spend big this offseason, but that that was never that never seemed realistic. Even when people were bringing up you know the possibility of the Jets and Lamar Jackson, and, and they've made that clear. They're not. Uh, they're not going down that road for sure. So I don't know where Lamar turns. I think it's very possible. You know, Larry and I were talking during the week uh, about uh, odds on where Lamar Jackson is for week one. And to me, the one that jumps off the board is that he's nowhere. He's not playing anywhere. Because I can tell you, unless there is a, 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 a change in tact, it's clear he wants a guaranteed contract, money that's guaranteed. Uh, it's clear the Ravens are not willing to offer him that, and it's also clear that he will not play on whatever that franchise tag, what is it, $32 million, $34 million? He's not going to play for that. That—that uh, That is not going to happen. Now, that's just in place so that they maybe can work out a deal, but it's, it, it almost feels like they're further away on a deal as the day goes by. So I, the only problem for Lamar is he needs, he needs a, a team that steps up and it doesn't feel like there is one right now immediately uh, available. So, again, for him, it's much like the Jets situation with the Packers. You know, if the Packers are going to be forced to take a bad deal, the best thing to do is wait. If you're Lamar Jackson and you're forced to make a bad deal, I guess maybe his best option would be to wait and hope that, that some situation that seems locked in now all of a sudden for whatever reason becomes unlocked in. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go up to uh, Maurice is in uh, New York. Maurice, next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
3: Hey, hey, how you doing, man?
0: Hey, Maurice, what's going on, man?
3: I'm doing good. Listen, I have a question in regards to, uh, do you think the, the Knicks actually, go? how far you predict the Knicks is going to go, actually? Because, you know, when I, when I look at the East, actually, the crazy thing is, you know, I noticed for a fact, let's get this out the way, the East got better. And, um, you know, I'd rather, yeah, I, do, you, do you think they're going to beat Cleveland for the first round? And let's say if they do, I would rather, I would prefer to face Boston in the second round than Milwaukee. So do you agree on that?
0: Uh, the second part, yeah, I would rather face Boston than Milwaukee. Uh, I, I'm not saying that they're going to beat Cleveland, but I think they got a shot. Uh, look, if push comes to shove, if I have to pick one team in that series, I would probably pick Cleveland because of the. I think Cleveland obviously has been the better team over the course of the regular season, and they're healthier than the Knicks are with the whole situation with Julius Randle. But if the Knicks won that series, it would not stun me. I think that I think that they will be competitive in that series, but if I had to pick a team, I'd probably pick the Cavs.
3: Oh, I mean, but then again, if Randle, who knows, maybe Randle might come back.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I, as things are standing right now, if he does come back, he's almost certainly going to be diminished. They're not even going to reevaluate him for two weeks. So if you're not even reevaluated for two weeks, that means you're not doing anything in terms of conditioning for that that period of time. Uh, it's kind of hard to just all of a sudden jump back in and and, and be at a hundred percent. So he, he even if he does play, it's it's um, it's it's unlikely he's going to be the the Randall that we've come to expect. The, the, the Knicks are going to almost have to. Whatever you get out of him is a bonus, and you've got to kind of think of it going in as you can't rely on him.
3: Uh, I mean, so, I mean, but, but then again, you never know, you know, and you, you never know because I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, you know. Well, but, I'm
0: just telling you what they told the, the media. I don't think that they're lying. Uh, I, you know, they're not going to reevaluate him for two weeks. Is it possible that in a week they say, you know what, he's, he's recovered well and he's on the track to recovery? I hope so. But the, the information that we have from the organization, which generally doesn't give uh, all that much information, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with that right now.
3: Yeah. yeah. All, all right. right. I mean, all right, Morris. I mean, but, but enough, what, what enough, Go ahead. One last, well, sure. One last thing. Um, uh-huh. what, what's the reason why, uh, you know, let's say if Randall and Brunson is healthy, I would say don't play Br- Brunson for the rest of the season since we got four games left. But let's say if Brunson and Randall was healthy, what's the reason why? For some reason, they match up better with Boston than Philadelphia and Milwaukee. You know, I mean, is it because of size? Is it because of uh...
0: well? Yeah, I think it's because of size. I think I think Milwaukee is 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 clearly a, a cut above. Um, I put Boston more in lines with Philly, uh, but the size for Philly also is an issue. And those two stars in Philly, I know that they have not had great playoff success, and and. Um, you know, Harden's playoff resume is not exactly a, a, a deep book, <laughs> but uh, I, I would not like to go up against those two stars in a, in a playoff series if I were the Knicks.
3: Yeah, definitely. that's why I hope. I hope. I hope Boston Conference comes in first place. And hopefully, hopefully you know, Randall comes back, you know, hopefully. You know, yeah, I'm well, hoping.
0: <laughs> look, I mean, maybe you do. And Maurice, thanks for the phone call. Maybe you do get a, uh, you know, some something out of him in the course of that series. If the Knicks can extend that series to a sixth or a seventh game, maybe uh, you can get something out of him if it's a deep series. But I think almost at this point, given the information that they've given you, uh, he's not even going to be reevaluated for two weeks. And I'll be honest, I was stunned because he's just so durable and so tough that I would not have thought that that was going to be the outcome of that injury. But if that's what the team is telling you right now, you kind of have to expect going into that playoff series of... You are anything you get out of him is a bonus, and you have to kind of go into it not expecting to get what you would ordinarily get from Julius Randle. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show, live from the FanDuel Sportsbook here at Mohegan Sun Casino, only on 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Sl- now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.